Hey, this is Wilson. No Jason again this week, as always. But Galvez is with me. How you doing, Galvez? What up, man? Just here on my lunch break, trying to record this episode. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Uh, so, you know... Um, I wonder how many people woke up, though, like, pissed off that you didn't upload an episode. Yeah, that it's a little late this, this morning. Yeah, yeah, like, people... Like, I'm surprised crime hasn't gone up. People are getting antsy. Like, no, where's, um, the, where's the where's the uh, complete player podcast out yet? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that, that reminds me. I changed the name of the podcast back to the complete player podcast just because the uh, the Laker gimmick uh, wasn't working. So, you know, I said, what the hell? Might as well go of back. Course. Um, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, I, I got this. I worked at the Thrift last night. Forgive me, guys. I'm gonna like just go on a little uh, rant here for a second. Hope you don't mind. Uh, I worked at the strength last night to not record. Um, you know, me and Gowers were supposed to do it. And he said nine o'clock, and then he stood me up. And then you know, I was gonna do it. Uh, you know, by myself, which I've done a hundred times. But I was like, you know what? Really, it's not really fun to do it. And I really don't. I did it just a couple times recently, but I don't really want to do it. And plus, it's like, you know, I'm really trying to quit. But anyway, uh, Galvez, so the Lakers, uh, last week, uh, two major moves. They uh, re-signed LeBron for two years and $85 million. Uh, so he had a – LeBron signed a four-year deal. He had an opt-out, a player option after the third year, which is going to be this season coming up. And what they're going to do is they're going to tear up the fourth year and then, so he's he's extended now through two thousand twenty two through two uh, two thousand twenty three. Uh, so two he's years. here for officially three years. This right. year and then two and more. Then two more, yeah. Two years, eighty five million. Uh, and then I think the next day, uh, it was announced that Anthony Davis resigned for five years, one hundred and ninety million, a player option after the fourth year. I was kind of surprised by the by the length, just because. Um, you know, he's, uh, I thought he would take a shorter deal. Uh, he ended up taking yeah, the full five. That kind of pretty much kills any chances of landing a premier free agent, Giannis, obviously. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I guess Giannis, if he would have want to come at this point, I don't know what I'm, you know, because they're both LeBron and uh, Andy are both going to be under contract. They're not going to be able to opt out next uh, next year. So I don't know yeah. if there would be enough cap space. And maybe Giannis, I don't think he would take less. So like you said, that pretty much you know cancels that out. I think I think the reason LeBron did it. I mean, I don't think the Lakers are that stupid of a franchise to do him dirty, but he is getting older. Uh, he wanted to secure the bag one last time, you know. I'm pretty sure he could have had a one and one plus one each year just to give Lakers flexibility. But, you know, it's kind of hard to turn down 85 mil, even though, you know, you're going to you're going to keep getting these max one year deals. So. But I'm surprised they they did um, Anthony Davis four years instead of doing a one plus one so they can somehow see if they can get Giannis, but, you know, what's crazy with the Supermax is now, it's almost impossible to get to create a super team now, which, I mean, it's good for the NBA, but, you know, three three players would have to have, like, a super 
it had to really take some type of a, a huge discount or, you know, obviously they would, the team would have to not mind going over the luxury tax. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's what happened with, uh, yeah. you know, well, you know, when, when Brad and, and Wade and Bosch teamed up, that was made possible because they all took, they all took less so they could play together, you know, yeah. and Golden State, they got lucky because Curry was still on that, uh, you know, he was still on that, that, you know, historically underpaid. Yeah, yeah. Second contract was only making like 11 million a year, so they were able to sign Durant. Um, yep. so in this situation with Brian and AD both making, you know, in the $40 million range, uh, you know, I don't see how Giannis, you know, I just don't, I don't know how that would, how that would still work, you know, and that's what they I was thinking was that they were, cause LeBron's going to make 40 plus. AD's going to make 40 plus and Giannis is going to obviously make 30 to 40 plus. That's 120 mil against the salary cap. Like it's literally, it will not work that way. There's nothing yeah. you can do. Um, now, now, they are the Lakers. So if there's any team in the history of sports that can make it work, it'd be the Lakers. So right. I think that's what they're betting on, that they can get through trades. You know, Kyle Kuzma's a trade chip, but he has an expiring restricted free agent deal. Um, you know, Dennis Schroeder, obviously, uh, he's like a nice little point guard, but, you know, he's not he's not young. So he is, I mean, he's, he is what he is. You know, he's a 29-year-old point guard. You know? um, so... The Lakers are probably just hoping they can, you know, trade some future players for for a superstar. Um, yeah, I, I think, but the, like I was saying, you know, the the the, uh, the report was that AD was gonna uh, wait until after Thanksgiving to you know look at his options and maybe sign up the one plus one as Galvin said, so that next summer, you know, they could coordinate the contracts, you know. But then LeBron signed his extension, so that was step one, and kind of, and then you know, just you know, ripping up that idea, and then AD comes back the next day and he signs with a full five, so you know, there goes that. Um, but you know, uh, they're starting training camps now and stuff like that. Guys, is your phone in your pocket again? No, it's not. Okay, uh, but yeah, this starting training camp, uh, like right now. I mean, you know, the season starts December twenty second. Uh, they got to play two weeks. Yeah, they got to play four preseason games. So, but you know, the Lakers are going to be taking it easy to start the season. Um, As they should. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They brought back. Um, they brought back Jared Dudley and Quinn Cook. Mm. Uh, you know, for you know, I think the Duds got the minimum. I'm not sure what what Quinn Cook got. I guess he would have had to got gotten the minimum too. I don't know. Does, and, does, but dude. Can you imagine Jared Dudley living in LA playing for the Lakers? He he's gonna make I think two point nine mil, so it's pretty much three mil. He won't play a meaningful minute, and yet he gets to travel around the world, smash the most bangingest broads in the world, and get paid millions of dollars to pretty much do nothing. <laughs> Just like he did last year. Gotta be the best job in the world. <laughs> Yeah, and he was a pretty good player, like in Phoenix and stuff like that. 
but now he's just but I think it's good because they've made so many changes and they had really good chemistry last year. That's one thing that they had over the Clippers, which is that for a team that was pretty much new, all the pieces seemed to fit and all the guys seemed to get along, you know. And so when they made all the changes that they made, the Lakers did this offseason, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, a team that had just won the championship and you're losing Rondo, you're losing JaVale, you're losing Dwight, you're losing Bradley, uh, you know, Danny Green, you know, and bringing in new guys. I think it's good if they brought back a couple of guys who didn't really play, but who, you know, are good locker room guys and will help you know, with the, the carryover as far as chemistry and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And I'm especially happy for Quinn Cook because, you know, he grew up uh, a Lakers fan. I'm not sure if he's from LA or not, but I know he grew up a Lakers fan and his, his father, I think, is, who's passed away, was a big Lakers fan and they bonded over that. So, you know, it's good yeah. that he gets to, you know, I know he, you know, it means a lot to him. Uh, you know, he won titles in, uh, you know, at, least, at least one title in Golden State. And now he won another with the Lakers and he gets to continue to play for the Lakers. So I'm happy for Clint Cook, the, uh, you know, the young man out of, out of Duke. Um, what else? I guess that's pretty much but, it on that front. Hmm? I mean, you know me, I always, whenever I can bash the Clippers, whenever I get a chance, I'll do it. The biggest difference is that LeBron played like a superstar. Dwight ha- um, AD played like a superstar. And so everybody knew their role. Right, the, I guess the most difficult one was Kuzma because he was supposed to be the the third option. He was supposed to be the Laker for the future. That was supposed to, you know, they they obviously didn't include him in the in the package for AD, and so they made him take like a huge step back. But you know, all the rumors about the Clippers was that Paul George and and Kawhi got all this extra, you know, attention and all these extra, like. Whatever I don't, I guess perks or whatever you would say. Mm-hmm. And Paul George didn't play like a superstar. And the thing is, on the Clippers, Manchester Harrell he compared himself to Dennis Rodman, so you knew where his mindset was at. Um, Patrick Beverly <laughs> just over there yelling and and screaming and hollering, and it's like, you know, everybody like see professional athletes is different, right? They know that they'll get preferential treatment, the superstars, right? Mm-hmm. But you better play like a superstar if you're going to get treated like a superstar. Mm-hmm. And Paul George got treated like a superstar, and he didn't play like one. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that's what created a big rift within the locker room. Yeah, that was that's that was what the, the rumor was, was that they were like, okay, well, Kawhi is a champion. That's one thing. Kawhi is Paul George getting preferential treatment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Paul George was on, the, was on all the smoke with Matt Barnes and uh, Stephen Jackson. And he was, you know, basically blaming it on Doc Rivers saying that Doc was, you know, having Paul George, uh, you know, coming off of pin downs and stuff like that. Like he was, you know, J.J. Redick or, or Ray Allen, you know, like he was just some, you know, spot up shooter. And, you know, and everybody, everybody's like, it's like Tony and uh, Mike were saying the PTI and everybody keeps saying on Twitter, you know, when is, when is Paul George going to look in the mirror? You know, why is it always somebody else's fault? Uh, <laughs> so. You know, people yeah. still just Paul George is he's become one of the biggest villains in the NBA. <laughs> I don't yeah. know since he got to the Clippers. Uh he's just, you know, I think it started with the whole I think he got a stripper pregnant and then I think he's like he's married to one of these like IG thoughts or something and he's engaged to her or something like that. And mm-hmm. uh I think that I think it might be the one that he had. I think it's the one he had the, the kid with. 
So that was like yeah. the first thing. When you start people having people make fun of you and stuff like that, it kind of starts mm -hmm. to go downhill, you know? And then obviously he didn't resign with the Lakers. Yeah, he didn't sign with the Lakers. That you know, Lakers drive so much of like the and all of a sudden he wasn't from LA. It was from Palmdale. <laughs> you know. Okay. But yeah, um, I mean he's he wanted he's a max player. So, you know, I'm sure but Kawhi showed up. There was no problem with Kawhi. It's just like I said, for some reason, Montrez Harrell thought he should get the same treatment as Paul George and all that. So, and that's the thing, like Kawhi, he can be your best player. He can be the best player on a championship team, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, but he's not a leader. You have to have leaders on that team, you know, like Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka from that Toronto Raptors team. There were leaders. Kawhi has never been asked to be a leader, and he probably never will be. And, you know, yeah. the Clippers, you know, they're over there like, can you imagine, like, when they – when it goes back to show when, with the whole Paul George, and the Clippers became the bad guys of the NBA. They got they, – they became annoying. Especially Patrick Beverly, you know, laughing in Damian Lillard's face and all that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, and the, you know, so the Clippers, they go into the, uh, that's funny, uh, a doc responded to Paul George uh, saying that he, um, you know, saying that, well, Ty Lue was sitting right now, Ty Lue was in the Clippers head coach. So Ty Lue was sitting right next to me, so not much is going to change. You know, hmm. but we'll we'll see what uh we'll see what Ty Lue has in store though. But you know, Paul George definitely does need to. He needs to look in the mirror and you know, yeah. be more be, be be a better playoff performer. You know. Yeah. He went from playoff P to pandemic P. That's right. To, from from Paul George to George Paul, as uh Skip yeah. likes to say. Uh, yep. But yeah, that's my favorite Skip Bayless little. <laughs> Do you like Skip Bayless? Yeah. At first, I didn't. At first, when I, cause I always would see him back in the day, like on Twitter, I would, you know, see him like, you know, you could tell that he's like a, he like he he's a he's a character, you know. Yeah. And he has he these different paid to be a real analyst. He gets paid to make hot takes and to make these outrageous claims. Right. And so I used to, you know, when I would see him on, and he still does that. Like he tweets, you know, he has this like this anti-LeBron agenda, all these different yeah. agendas. But like I said, it, it, they're all gimmicks. And so, but once I realized that it that he was playing a character, then I started to like him. I guess I used yeah. I used to think that he really meant that stuff when he would say it, but now I realized, okay, this is just his this is just his gimmick. And now and, when, and ever since I realized that I you know I, I like him now. Um, and he, yeah. you have to give him credit because, you know, he went from uh, he went from being on first take with 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 uh, 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 Stephen A, which is the biggest mm -hmm. show around, and to going to being on um, on uh, the show he does with uh, with Shannon uh, Undisputed, and for it to, you know, not I mean for him to go to a different network with a brand new co-host. And you know, create and have that show still, still be, be as very deep. relevant. Yeah, it just goes to show that he 
He's just born he's for that. A, he's built up a base. You know? Yeah. He's but he's born for that 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 format. You know. Um, and you know, Shannon does a good job. But before Shannon got on that show, Shannon like when Shannon was on CBS, Shannon wasn't exactly the he wasn't held in the highest regard as like a you know a broadcaster, you know, or a TV personality like when he was on CBS. So he you have more- to give. Just like the rah-rah guy, like let's just get this guy in here to make to be the funny guy or the yeah. But ever since he got with Skip, all of a sudden he's respected. So you have to give Skip Bayless credit because he knows what he's doing. He's mastered that that format, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, first take is still good because Stephen A. And, and you have to give Stephen A. credit too because, but you know, Max is Max is great, man. You know, so it's like it's it's kind of easy to. You know, the thing about Max is that he's very smart. And sometimes his own downfall is that he tries to sound too smart. And unfortunately, you kind of have to dumb it down sometimes for the average fan to uh, comprehend what he's saying. Mm -hmm. But Max is like, he's really good. He's really smart. So, and he's kind of. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, he's had a he's had a long uh, career too. I remember I, I was watching Max. You know, I'm sure we all were, but I remember back Max from way back in the day when he was doing Friday night, uh, you know, fights with uh, you know Pappas and uh, and Teddy Atlas. You know, or, or maybe it was I think it was Joe Tessitore. Uh And then mm-hmm. he would, and then of course he was the first host on um, Around the Horn. Uh, and then of course he's you know he's been on a he had his own so, show on, on Fox and then of course on HBO Boxing for you know for many years he was you know uh, uh, he was their kind of B guy at first he was the the just the regular HBO Boxing uh, what was I forget what it was called HBO Boxing uh, Boxing After Dark with uh, you know with uh, Pappas I think I forget who that Pappas and uh, Lennox Lewis and then he would do. Um, and then, and then you know, he took over and started splitting with Larry Merchant. Then he took over for Larry Merchant. But it's been a long career uh, for Max Caliber, and now he's like so you know, he, top he five in the started, game. He probably started when he was like twenty-one. Then, yeah, he's had a long career. He was on. I think he was on like he had like his own show on like Public Access in New York. He's before he got on like real TV. You know, so that guy he's he's great. But it's you know that's what I'm saying. Like it's easier. It's easier for Stephen A. to go from Skip to Max because Max is already such a, you know, highly regarded professional. But, you know, yeah. Skip kind of made Shannon what he is. You know, he kind of brought Shannon up. You know, like Shannon already been on TV, but like I said, he wasn't that well regarded. But ever since he's been with Skip, all of a sudden he's a respected analyst. You know, so Skip, he's like you know, one of the top. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I wanted to say something I was about uh, John, the John Wall Russell Westbrook trade. That happened yeah. uh, last week. Um, you know, I, I think it. I think it's. I think it's, I think it could work for both sides. You know, James Harden. I mean, it's was, not going to matter. Neither of them are going to win any championship thing. or anything important. But yeah. yeah. But I think. But, uh, did you see ahead. that John Wall video where he's throwing up the gang signs, the the bloods? Mm-hmm. And supposedly he that the wizards were t- were. were were like kind of taken back by it, mm-hmm. and then John Wall's like, you know, 
he, he it was easy for him to say, oh, well, you want to trade me? Okay, trade me then. Mm-hmm. You know? But I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that's what it was? I think so. It probably made it easy for both sides. Like, he wanted out, and then, you know, they had their issue with him the doing way, that the video. They wanted to get rid of him, so they just finally they found an their... excuse, yeah. Uh, and then he wanted to go anyway, so he said, good. And they finally were able to make it happen. But, you know, he's coming off an Achilles uh, injury. He hasn't played in almost, you know, two years. And so he's going to have to um, – we're going to have to see. But I think it works because the Harden thing, for some reason, in Houston, it always works when he's just by himself, you know. I mean, they they were better. Those two years when they had Chris Paul with Harden, those were the two best teams. But, you know, they had years in, you know, 2015, 2017 – when it was just Harden, and it was still, you know, it was it was working, you know, um, yeah. And you know, for some, so you know, they know how to do that. But we'll have to see if it, if it works with the new coach. You know, they have to see. But what I understand is, this is what I understand. What what makes you think it's gonna work? John Wall leaves the ball in his hand. He's a speed first point guard, right? He's mm-hmm. not a great shooter. And so, now it could be they probably brought in John Wall because that way Harden's uh, usage rate can go down and they can kind of save him for the playoffs. But what are you going to have John Wall doing? Just stand in the corner? That's what and I'm watch saying, James Harden dribble the ball for 15 seconds of the shot clock? The fact that, the fact that Wall might be damaged goods, it, yeah, might, see, kind of, it might kind of work, knew. though. With Westbrook, you knew. Now, maybe because Westbrook was too much of an alpha, and that's it, what I'm saying. You know, James, James Harden, he needed somebody that knew that they were going to be a step below him. Not that's what I'm saying. The same thing with Chris Ball. It was a clash there because you got two guys who think both think they're the man. But with with John Wall being kind of damaged goods, he's going to have to take. He knows he has to take a back seat to Harden. Yeah. And he'll still probably be a good player, but he probably won't be what he was. You know, he was an all-star player before he got hurt. So now you have a good player, but somebody who's not going to challenge Harden. And you know, they they got um they picked up uh, Christian uh, Wood from uh, you know who they signed who was with the Pistons last year, who's a good player. Um, also, who did they get? They, they signed another. Oh, Demarcus Cousins. So we'll see how he you know, and I hope he works out because he's never gotten his that big payday he was looking forward to. But you know, I think um, I think it could work. You know, but it just we have to see how. You know, I don't. Stephen Silas is not going to run the same offense that D'Antoni was running. You know, but in the past, my point is that it's worked before when it was just Harden and a bunch of guys around him. You know, and it's more talented other guys around him now than there were on some of those other teams. I think. Um, and then as far as as far as Washington goes, you know, they're going to be a playoff team again. You know, Westbrook is. Uh, you know, Bradley Bradley Bill averaged thirty a game last year. That's going to come down, but you know, he and Westbrook—that's one of the best backcourts in the league. You know, and if Westbrook continues to you know stop shooting threes like he was last season when he was playing probably the best ball of his career, coming out of the you know out of the start start of the new year before the pandemic, uh, that's a playoff team. You know, so um, I think it could actually work for, for both teams. Yeah. Now. All right, so let's go into because we don't have much time. Let's go into this Jake Paul uh, Mayweather fight real quick. It was announced yeah. that he it's Logan Paul. Fight. 
sorry, uh, Logan Paul. Right. And so I'm watching Shannon Sharp, and they're talking about this is for culture, for our culture. When did it become a race thing? Yeah, like, it can't... was when it because you... was it because Nate Robinson's black and he got knocked out and everybody was clowning him? Yes, that's why. That's what it became. <laughs> but who made it a race thing? White people They're, or black people? Black people. They were, they were saying, oh my God, like, oh, this is like slavery. We have to get revenge. So you embarrassing. Know? You, got, you lost to a black guy? I mean, a white guy? Yeah, but basically. I mean, wow. it was really just a, it was just a joke, really. But yeah. I don't know. Shannon was, Shannon was up there saying that. I didn't see that. Now, really quick, how, how, what do you think this will do numbers wise? Obviously, it's not going to be a hundred bucks, but let's well, just say it's the same fifty, right? Jones Tyson shocked me. I thought it might do half a million. It did one point two million buys. So you yeah. could, you might think that this one with Mayweather might do. I think it'll do at least two million. You know, you think so, it do two million? I think it could do two million. Yeah, if Jones Tyson did one point two million, and those are two fifty year olds. I know Tyson's still a He's okay. Fascinates the American how, public. How, do you? How long do you think this? Like, will it even? I mean, dude, Mayweather's still Mayweather. He's an actual boxer. I don't think Logan Paul has ever fought an actual boxer. Let alone probably the greatest defensive boxer of all time. I mean, I don't think it'll be competitive in any way, but I just no. think that as far as the the event no, I itself, think, I don't think Mayweather is gonna. Him because he is a lot bigger, and you know, the last thing you need is to lose your undisputed, your undefeated title. To but, Galvis, it's an, 25 years of a legacy, Galvis, it's an, it's an exhibition, it doesn't count, it doesn't so, matter, it does so. like, yeah, record wise, it won't matter, but he'll never be able to say he's undefeated anymore. What do you mean? He's fifty and all. That's done. It's over. <laughs> okay, you don't get it. Like even though you lose, you you lost to a YouTuber. Like people will, especially Mayweather, that's so hate. Like defeated on fifty and all. Yeah, but you lost to Paul. You know what I'm saying? Like now, if he was another forty-two year old boxer and was that'd be different. You're, you're losing to YouTubers. You get what I'm saying? I don't think it'll... I don't... I mean, he's not going to lose in the first place. He's going to toy with uh, Logan Paul. But, you know, I just think Mayweather, it's amazing that he made, you know, like about a billion dollars as a professional fighter. And now that he's retired, he's still able to draw, you know, eight or nine figure, you know, uh, million dollar paydays fighting these, you know, exhibitions. Yeah, but do you, do you think this is sadly? Do you think this is the future of boxing? Because I mean, dude, think about it. Earl Spence, Danny Garcia over the weekend. I mean, nobody even cared about it, and that was that was like a really good fight. Like two really good fighters. Probably, obviously, Earl Spence was before the accident. He was probably pound for pound one of the best, if not the best. And then, <coughs> sorry, and then Danny Garcia. You know, he's at least a top five welterweight. And it just like made no on the radar. It made no fucking, you know, um, 
They didn't even make a blimp. And you got Mayweather, who's a 42-year-old retired against a YouTuber. And it made it made more noise over the weekend than Danny Garcia, Earl Spence. Yeah, you know, it, it, I didn't realize that the Garcia Spence fight was going to be like uh, they they, were, they had it was an AT and T and they had fans in the stands. I might have ordered it, but I didn't. I didn't think Danny was going to win, and I, from you know, what I understand, it wasn't really. I mean, it was a, the scores were competitive, but it wasn't really. It was it was a clear win for uh, you know, what basically. Uh, did you watch it? No, I didn't. Yeah, Spence, you know, controlled it like he should have. But, yeah. you know, yeah, it's just, it's not, uh, like I said, the, the biggest, you know, these exhibitions are bigger than, you know, are these real, non, like these non-fights are bigger than, uh, you know, fights with the, the, the real fighters that we have, you know, today. Um, but, but, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's so crazy. Like, I'm reading the comments on the Shannon Sharp thing. And it's saying that for the culture, right? But what, what was this when when Wild when Fury beat Wilder? Well, white people are more intelligent. <laughs> no, but Wilder lost to a uh, Wilder lost to a white guy. Yeah, I know. White people don't have that type of, you know. First, we black people. Are I know, but what I'm saying is that it's and then the, the same insecurity. Thing it's the same thing as the Paul and Robinson, like, but I guess it's because they know Mayweather's gonna win, so it's easy to say, like, well, what's so bad about a white guy beating a black guy? Yeah, I didn't even take that seriously when it first happened, but apparently, when people were first saying that, like, this is you know, this is like an offense to our heritage and all that stuff, but um, you know, I guess. Uh, I guess they were serious about that. I don't know. If Shannon Sharp is talking about it, maybe he was joking and people didn't take it as a joke. I don't know. Did you see him actually saying it out of his mouth? No, it's on Instagram. You, but did you hear it's him sick. actually say it? That, you know, this is like uh, for our... Wilson, I'm going to have to end the podcast right now. I got to go. All right, Galvis. Thanks, buddy. Right, man. Talk to you later. Yeah. Later. All right, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, whatever, you know, I think that... um. Uh, whatever, whatever it may be, you know, uh, it's not that it, it's not that serious, you know. It's just a exhibition fight, you know. If a white guy knocks out a black guy, or a black guy knocks out a white guy, it doesn't really mean anything, no. Um, but anyway, so before we get out of here, just a reminder to follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TCP underscore Pod and to like it on Facebook. Just search for the Complete Player Podcast. Send feedback and mailback questions to WilsonReportRedux at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. The show is also on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. We are out.